0: Hey, what's up, everybody? AJ Casada here. And I'm excited for today's episode because I have a very special guest, Madeline Anderson, who's actually a client of ours. We've helped her scale her agency. And what she's going to teach you today is storytelling, the science of storytelling and the different stories you need to use for your brand. Uh, And really, like this is so, so powerful, the strategies taught today. A lot of people think you only need one story, like you need to have a, like an origin story for your brand, like a brand story. But Madeline's going to explain why you actually need a vault of stories. So she's going to cover the five different stories you need and how it's going to make your marketing work better, your conversions go up, and your clients are going to actually build a connection with your brand. So excited for this workshop. And actually, this is uh, just so you guys have some context. This is a recording of a mastermind call. I work with several different agencies and coach them on how to scale up, how to boost sales, how to get more leads, how to build a team. And uh, Madeline was one of our clients. So she actually hosted this workshop for our private group of coaching clients, a bunch of agencies that we work with together. So basically, yeah, you you might hear a couple of times like people are popping in and asking questions, which actually makes, you know, pretty cool. So there is Q&A at the end. But yeah, if you hear other voices, it's because this is actually the recording of a workshop for our mastermind. But anyways, uh, I, it was so valuable. I'm like, let me share this with the podcast. Let me share this with the listeners Because uh, I really think everyone needs to know this information. I think storytelling is how we're going to really get ahead. You know, with all the AI content out there, with everything happening in the world and all the inauthentic, like mediocre content, good marketing, good storytelling is going to come out on top. So really timely episode. Anyways, without further ado, let's get into the episode. And I'm excited to hear your guys' feedback on this. And by the way, if you want any information about our Revenue Boost VIP Mastermind, where you could be working with me and 11 other agency owners for the year ahead, to really build out your growth plan, help you get more leads, help you get more sales, help you do everything that you need to grow. Just shoot me a message because we have all these workshops like live all the time in our mastermind and people get to work with me directly on you know their offer, niche, sales, lead gen, all that fun stuff. So if you want any information about that, just let me know. I'm really excited to work with more agencies this year in 2024 and help them scale up. But anyways, without further ado, enough of that. Let's get into the episode and uh, enjoy. Hi, I'm Lucas James and I'm Jordan Ross.
1: All
2: right, so sweet. So, all right. As uh, AJ said, we're gonna talk storytelling today. We're gonna go through some narrative strategies and really talk about mastering brand storytelling. Now, this is this is a big topic. So, I could nerd out about this for you know ages. Um, we're gonna keep it you know to an hour today. I'll do my best, but uh, lots of lots of good, hopefully, some good juicy information for you all here. And again. Happy to answer questions at the end and and keep chatting with y'all. So uh, first up, what we're going to learn today or what we're going to go over, we're going to dive into the what and the why of storytelling. We're going to take a look at the science of storytelling. I think that is really important, often overlooked or just not as thought about. I'm going to go over the five C's of brand storytelling, number three there. And then break down how narrative structures work. We'll we'll do a little bit of I'll I'll probably work with AJ and put him on the spot a little bit, but we're doing some work one on one that way. But inviting you all to really think through the same questions that we're talking through out loud for yourself and for your own businesses, um, and break down some narrative structure there. And then moving into the the final piece of how to build your own brand narrative and and what that can look like and how that can function. So. That's kind of what's on the docket today, I'm excited to to break that all down with you. So let's jump in. First and foremost, who am I? <laughs> My name is Madeline. I am the co-founder and creative director of Talus Films. I used to be in the Revenue Boost program late last year for uh, probably like the four four months at the end of the year. I think I wrapped up right uh, right before the holidays. Really awesome program. Hence why AJ and I are still talking and I'm around still um, to to get to present today to you all. But at the core, I am a storyteller. I have been working in the storytelling world in a variety of ways since I was very young. I have a background in theater and in filmmaking. Aside from all of that and alongside my storytelling, I'm really passionate about protecting our natural world. A lot of the work and the filmmaking that I do these days is, is really around increasing access and inclusion in the in outdoor spaces and telling the stories of folks that are really out there protecting our world so that hopefully future generations can still get to see it the way that we're seeing it today. So I produce the podcast and I do filmmaking. That's what I'm up to most often these days. But I do have a background in uh, production design and project management. And everything I do is really anchored in storytelling. So that's why I could nerd out forever about it. So next up, let's dive into like the what's and the why's. Um, First up, what is storytelling? Uh, And and at its core, storytelling is really weaving together narratives that connect, engage and illuminate the human experience. We want to feel connected with each other and with each other's experiences. We want to know that we're not alone in the world in what we're doing and going through. And storytelling really allows for that connection and to be made and to engage with each other and relate to each other. So that's it's one of its main goals uh, and what it can do. Storytelling works really well to connect humans to humans. But then that big is the question. Okay, how do brands connect to humans? How do we connect to our audience? How do we connect to our potential customers? And storytelling works very well in that sense as well. It really helps to make brands relatable in the same way that it does, you know, just human to human. It can do that brand to human as well. Storytelling takes a brand and really transforms it from an entity that's often faceless to a relatable character that is in people's lives that they can see and relate to and connect with. And, and when you when you change from entity, when you transform from entity to like character, real person, it bring it takes that brand and brings it to life. And so. Once that is in place and that's happening, it's much easier to emotionally connect and differentiate yourself and your brand to really build a brand identity that people can connect with. And all of that then increases engagement and recall of your brand. It helps to simplify all this complex information that we have, you know, and we bat around about our brands and our companies and our work. And then in the end, it drives action and creates community around your brand. And that all, just further brings it to life and, and makes it a real thing in the world versus just this sort of faceless, nameless entity of sorts. My question here is, what do kayakers know that every CEO should too? It's totally cool if you don't know the answer right off the bat. Yeah. Anybody Anybody have any thoughts? No worries, I'm, I'm gonna let you they,
0: in on this. Maybe they, they go with the flow of the river rather than trying to go against it.
2: Yes, that's close definitely a part of it there cool so uh imagine you're a kayaker and we're talking like sort of more technical kayaking like going down the river navigating rapids boarding rocks that kind of kayaking not just like on a nice placid lake paddling away (laughs)
1: um
2: so much like life works right things just kind of pop up and crop up in life and we navigate that um so there's a kayaker He's paddling and he just keeps hitting the rocks and flipping his boat, capsizing, having to flip back over, start over. And he's just so frustrated this day because he is just hitting those rocks over and over again. It's lunchtime. Him and a buddy are sitting on the, the bank of the river and his buddy's like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, oh my gosh, I just keep hitting the rocks today. Like I cannot like, avoid them and I'm soaking wet and I'm <laughs> not really having a lot of fun. And he's like, well, what are you thinking about when you're out on the river? And he's like, well, right now I'm just thinking about how I you know, don't want to hit the rock again. Like, I don't want to hit the rocks. And he's like, well, that's, that's your problem. He's like, what do you mean? Like, well, your boat is going to go where your eye goes and where your mind is, is focused on. So if you're sitting there going, up, oh, I don't want to hit the rocks. Don't hit the rocks. Don't hit the rocks. Your subconscious is just hearing rock. And it's like a magnet. You're going to be attracted to it. You're going to hit it. So next time we go out for a run, think about the water. Focus on the water. That's where you want to go. That's the flow you want to go with. So focus on the water. Forget about the rocks. Forget about hitting them. Think about the water. So kayak goes back out for another run. And sure enough, that shift in focus allows him to move with the water. And that's very much in parallel to what we do in life what we as ceos you know business owners do with our businesses and it works very well with storytelling we don't have a lot of control in life but we can often control the narrative we can control what people hear what people see and what they focus on um, and so that's what storytelling can help us do and those little mindset that shifts are what can help us in our business and then help us be good storytellers. Just AJ saying, dropped questions in the chat. Cool beans, all right. So next let's dive into the science of storytelling. Why does this work? Why does this, you know, make sense? Storytelling has been around for millennial, millennium. Like there's, there's years and years and years of storytelling. It's one of our oldest forms of communication. So storytelling actually activates multiple areas of our brain at the same time, making them fire and turn on. And when that is in narrative form, as storytelling does, it becomes so much more impactful and memorable than just mere facts are, just lighting up maybe one part of the brain, or maybe none of parts of the brain because it's boring and dry, right? So when you can activate multiple parts of the brain at the same time, that is when things really stick and when they uh people can recall them easier and quicker so storytelling really taps into human cognition it's where we can light up emotional and sensory areas of the brain like i said at the same time it's one of the best ways to do that um, which is why you will often hear people say like lead with story follow with facts so um when, and when people buy things, they're led by emotion and emotional decisions. And then they will justify those decisions with facts later. So like they'll walk into a store, for example, and say, oh my gosh, I want that watch. I love that watch. It's so cool. it make me feel cool. I like the colors of it. It's new. It's something that you know excites them and it lights up those emotions for them. And then after they bought it, They might sit back and go oh that was a lot of money i just spent a lot of money on that like oh why did i do that and to justify that then they start to dig into like the why of why they really bought that watch well i need to tell time my old watch was broken um you know this is more up to date and newer and functions with my smart my smartphone you know my old watch didn't do that so it offers me more things. Um, And so they start justifying it. And that's where like the facts and maybe features, benefits of the thing come into play. But initially, they're driven by that emotion, that emotional connection uh, to whatever, you know, that thing is that they might be buying. And that is where storytelling really comes into play with the emotional piece. And when you can light that up, you can open a lot of doors. So to that point, my next question would be, what do fairy tales have in common with science? Anybody got any thoughts there? No problem. Yeah. All right. So uh, again, I'll let you know a little secret here. So when, when you have fairy tales, if we think about them, I'm sure we can all pull out a fairy tale or a fable, one of those things, you know, one of the stories from when we were little, but like, we still remember. We might still pass along or tell our kids, we probably have a favorite Disney movie that we could just like shout out right now and the reason why those relate or why why those work is because they take universal themes that we all experience on differing levels and at differing times and they make them relatable they make them so that we can see ourselves in the characters of of those stories and those movies or maybe we see ourselves or maybe we want to be, you know, the the princess in the castle or whatever it is. Um, or maybe we don't want to be those people um, or we don't want to fall into the pitfalls that they do. So there's there's an emotional connection that we have with fairy tales and with those stories. And they are often easily digestible pieces that that tell a story with a lesson that we can take away that makes it kind of come to life in a sense, instead of someone just saying like, Hey, you know, don't tell lies. Like lying is bad. You've got the little boy who cried wolf, and he's out there, you know, scaring the villagers every day with like, wolf, there's a wolf, and, you know, they get to the point where they don't believe him. And then there's an actual real wolf, and he cries out for it, and no one believes him, so no one comes to help. And it's because he's been lying that whole time, and the lesson is like, don't lie but when you connect it to people and situations and story then it becomes um a lot more tangible to us and so that's where fairy tales really have that common thread with science because they tap into those emotional cores in our brain and they light them up so that then they're memorable and we can and they stick with us into the into the future and many many years down the line I'm sure you have, you know, a fairy tale that pops to mind. <laughs> if I were to ask who has a who has a favorite like Disney movie or whatever, they would be able to shout out. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> My daughter has been really, really How's into me? what's mine? Well, I love I love Aladdin. I've always loved Aladdin. So that was a so good that's a great Disney one that I'll always throw out there. My daughter, she'll be three in March. She's really into her frozen kick right now when we were all like just sub zero temperatures over the weekend we watched a lot of movies and she she last day was just rattling off who all the the bad guys were and all no uh,
0: another the is
2: yeah and so it's like even at that young of an age right there is there's this connecting factor there the, you know who the good guys are you know who the bad guys are you know who you're rooting for you know who you like and that's because there's a connection connecting factor there that's the science of it uh, in a nutshell so then next up, let's connect these pieces of the the why and the how to, um, to you and your brand. Uh, did you know that one story does not equal your brand? A lot of folks think that uh, I have a founding story. I know why I started this. It brings us to present day. Like, that's my story. That's the one I'm going to put out in the world and tell. That's a great story to tell. It absolutely is. And it does not tell the full story of your brand. It does not actually capture all of the facets. And so what I like to do and what I advocate for um, pretty heavily is is building what I call a story vault. So that brings us to the five C's of brand storytelling. There are essentially uh, the way I bucket it. And this is taken from Gabrielle Dolan. She's a really wonderful storyteller over in, um, I think, Australia. And so I bucketed into five different stories that we can tell to build up our brand. Creation stories, culture stories, customer stories, challenge stories, and community stories. So the five C's. And that doesn't also mean that you just have five stories as part of your brand. There are untold number of stories that can fall into each of these buckets. These buckets also overlap, as we can see here. So. Creation is really the inception of your company or product, the why of your brand. When you break that down, often you've got a founding story, which is that great, you know, cornerstone story. And then you have products and services over time that also have their own stories of how they came to be and what they do out in the world. Then you've got culture stories. So these really embody your company's values and what it stands for. These stories can originate from, you know, inside your company, from your employees, from your customers, um, but they really speak to the, your core values. Then you've got your customer stories. These are your customer experiences and their transformation, really showcasing like that impact out in the world. These often, um, you might hear these as testimonials. um, customer the testimonials. They do, testimonials do fall into this bucket. Absolutely. A testimonial is often... A little bit more of like five stars, a recommendation, work with these guys, right? Whereas a customer story kind of shows the whole trajectory from like the very beginning. A customer is having a problem with something and then they find a solution working with you. And then after they've implemented whatever product service of yours in their life, there's a transformation that occurs. It's like the whole spectrum there in that story bucket. And then there's challenge stories. So these are things that people often will shy away from. You want to paint a pretty picture out for the world. You got it all together at all times. But unfortunately, that's just like not how life works. So it is really helpful to share over, you know, challenge stories, overcoming obstacles, you know, ways that you built up resiliency, ways you innovated and pivoted, problem solved. Those really start to show, again, who you are, who your brand is, and We all as humans go through challenges in our lives. So this is one of the bigger buckets that can help you take your business and make it more human and humanize it. And then you've got community as the last bucket here, and that really speaks to your involvement in the community and um, like social issues. And what are you doing that's perhaps bigger than just your brand operating in the world? And to different degrees, different brands will have community stories. But, you know, there is a ripple effect to your work and that becomes a really great story that you can tell.
0: A question on this. Um, so Leah yep. was asking in the chat, I think she was asking more about yep. customer experiences. So I'm glad you differentiated a testimonial different than a customer story. Um, she yep. was asking more like a case study. So would mm-hmm. you say that's a case study or would you say like, you know, maybe you can get us some specific different creative things we can do with customer stories, that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You n- hit the nail on the head there. A customer story is we're actually going to dive into that one in just a minute, even deeper. But yes, a case study is a, is a great example of a customer story because it really does paint that picture from beginning to end of like what happened, you know, how it originated, what the problem was, what what solutions. Yeah. Yeah. So that that would be a great thing to fall into that bucket. Absolutely. So my next question for y'all is, What do Leonardo da Vinci and the five C's have in common? Any ideas? Can we get a hint? (laughs) Painting a picture. That that is excellent. Yeah, my hint was gonna be like he's a person (laughs) with a very multifaceted life. (laughs) So one thing with Leonardo da Vinci is that he was a man that did a lot of different things. And yes, he's he's a man and not a brand, but he had art, he had inventions, he had, you know, work in the community. He had so many different pieces to his life over its time that one story would never do him justice, right? Like he could have a creation story about the Mona Lisa. He could have a creation story about, you know, the Last Supper, about his, you know, inventions that that he had. Each one of them can have a story. And then he went out to the world and he worked, you know, with, with differing communities and he had obviously different obstacles that he came up against in his life so each of those things becomes a story that that can be told that he could tell that other people can now tell about his life and that's actually why we have such a wealth of information you know from he he also kept you know meticulous journals and things so we have a lot of information there from him but it's why when you hear about him There are so many different pieces of his life that you hear about because he generated a lot of different stories over his time. And each of our brands can do that same thing when we think of them as just not a static moment in time sort of thing, but as a changing, evolving, more relatable, more human thing, then our audiences can see that in it as well, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I really love the idea of not having just one story because I always had that same notion. I thought I'm supposed to have one like brand story or like consistent story that I guess it was like the origin story, like the why story. And people say like, oh, you want to keep telling the same story on podcasts, on events and like have the, the same kind of messaging when you introduce yourselves, which also is true. But also, um, yeah, I see like about having the value of having a lot for different purposes. Right. The first time I shared my story, like, like on social media, maybe a year and half ago, the first time I actually really took time to like write out my story and share it as a post afterwards, I was like, oh, shit, well, what am I going to post like next week when oh. I want to make a post, right? And so, yeah.
2: Yes, exactly. Like, oh, I've expended all of my stories. I've done, yeah. <laughs> I've out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I would advocate a lot of times that that a brand should start with a creation story of some kind. I think it's a really like good entry point to storytelling. It's the one that's probably the most accessible to folks. So, like, starting there is great when you're starting with storytelling, but there's so many other stories you can tell as well. And each customer story is going to be different. Like, You probably have a certain set of product services uh, and a way that people work with you, but each of those is going to look different. And so those stories can each take on, you know, their own life as well. All right. So let's zoom in on customer stories, (laughs) like I promised. Um, So these are really those tales, those stories of customers' experiences um, and their transformations. So really showcasing the impact of your product and service on people out in the world. So I'm going to work with AJ here a little bit, but, uh, you know, th- just to kick us off here, you know, customer stories really matter because they humanize our brand. They help to build empathy both for us and for our customers. Like it's a two-way street there. And they really illustrate the real world value of our products and services. It's not just us spouting some facts about them or the benefit list, but it, it allows you know, other our customers to really speak for us and show, you know, in their words what and how they've been impacted by our our work. So AJ, you're gonna keep it high level. You're gonna have, you know, three questions here to ask you. Keep it high level, maybe a sentence for each. You don't have to think too, too hard. And as I walk through this with AJ, each of you be asking yourselves the same questions about your own businesses. It's a really good jumping off point. You probably already did a whole lot of this work in your your uh, marketing and headquarters documents. As Definitely. Well. <laughs> but all right, AJ, so first up, what are your customers struggling with?
0: Not enough leads and no no clear plan to grow their business. Awesome,
2: all right, so not enough leads, no clear plan. That's where they really begin and they're aware of that problem, right?
0: Yeah, When the time someone works with us, they're aware that they need to make some changes in how they're approaching their business.
2: Okay, perfect. So then second, how do you help them overcome that struggle, that problem, those
0: obstacles? Um, Yeah, so through coaching, consulting, and uh, our online course, we help them build a strategy, build a marketing strategy that works for their business and implement the different pieces and uh, create systems in their business so they can get clients rather than just rely on inconsistent methods, what's coming in from word of mouth.
2: You have, you know, put together a plan, a roadmap for them to follow that really targets those specific struggles that they came in
0: with. Yeah. We put together a plan to help them support them on executing it.
2: Perfect. And then number three, what do they get for working with you that they did not have before?
0: More leads, more sales. And of course, what we all want is more profits in the business as well as uh, skills, knowledge, and new like strategies and tools for their business.
2: Awesome. Yeah. So they walk away with like a whole suite of things that they just like did not have access before you came in and helped them out. If you each were answering those questions alongside AJ, you probably came up with similar, uh, similar trends, similar themes there, regardless of what your services and products are. So that's, that's a thing to note. And we'll keep diving into that here as well. So uh, let's dive into story structure. There are plenty of ways to structure stories. I could do a whole workshop on that all on its own um, and and then some. One of my favorite story structures is the hero's journey. I'm sure you heard about this in middle school at some point (laughs) early on. And there's a reason. It's because so many of our stories are really structured in this hero's journey way. And we continue to use it because it works. And after we go through it in some depth here, you'll probably start thinking of lots of times TV commercials, movies, books, articles that you've read that that follow suit and fall into this structure. So it really is a timeless narrative framework, traces the characters' adventure, their trials, their transformations, and like often a triumphant ending.
0: Most of the time, whenever a movie Most doesn't have that of the happens, time. Yeah, whenever whenever we uh, watched a movie recently where it ended off in a cliffhanger and I was like, what? I'm never going to know what happens. I always, always feel better with the happy ending, right?
2: Exactly. And it doesn't always have to look that way. And movies especially will often have, you know, lots of different journeys weaving in and out of each other. And it's more complex mm-hmm. than this, but um, we'll break it down. You can also Google the hero, hero's journey and find all sorts of different ways that people break this down. But uh, this is the way I like to keep it simple. And there's a really great book by Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. I would definitely you know, recommend that to anyone looking to dive in a little bit deeper. But yeah, he, he breaks down essentially the hero's journey and talks a lot about building a brand that's based and rooted in story for all of your marketing purposes and things. So first up, we have a character this is our hero now this is the very first step where people often go wrong and can kind of turn this whole thing on its head when we think of a hero we often want to cast ourselves and our brand in the role of a hero like a hero is the person that saves the day they went out in the end right like they're the awesome person so that's our brand right like that's that makes sense until we dive in deeper so what I can say, at least up front, is the hero, your main character is always going to be your customer in some form or representation. Um, that your customer is the one that is encountering a problem that they need to overcome. And that's the hero in in pretty much every story. They're run up against something that they can't overcome themselves, which brings us to the second point, which is the problem. Your hero, your customer has a problem and they want a solution to that problem. So that's what sets them out on their journey, on their adventure. Next up, they meet a guide. Sometimes it's called a mentor, um, but uh, sometimes they have magical powers, you know, those types of fun things. Um, but a guide is is someone that they encounter along the way in their journey. And this is the point where your brand enters the story. So you want to paint yourself and your brand as the guide. This is where, You can come in and say, hey, hero, you have a problem. You want a solution. Well, let me help you. Which then brings us to the plan. You as the guide present a plan. A plan is as simple as your products and services. You already have that. You know that that can help people through. So you as the guide say, great, let me help you. Here's a plan. Follow it. And then it takes us to the last step, which is, you know, hopefully success, but oftentimes success or that transformational point, which is the hero follows that plan and their life transforms because of it. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and show a little video example now of how this can like, you know, look in an advertising way. This is a commercial or like a brand film that my company produced a couple years back. Pretty lighthearted low stakes, um, but but it's a good example, so we can talk through it.
0: The agencies that do the best and grow the most are the ones that have excellent offers, great marketing and great sales systems. Now, the customer acquisition process can be really hard to master. There's a lot that goes into generating leads, closing deals, building a sales team, especially since our industry is so competitive and there's so many agencies and freelancers out there. It makes it really hard to stand out and grow and win, you know, the clients that you want. Now, fortunately, we've created a free Facebook community with trainings, weekly live sessions, and tons of really valuable networking opportunities with 6, 7, and 8-figure agency owners. You can find it here on Facebook at B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. So right now, go to Facebook, do search and type in B2B sales and marketing secrets. Or you can just add me on Facebook, AJ Casada, and find a link on my profile. There's also a free mini course inside on how to generate more leads, close more deals, and scale your agency. I highly recommend you join. It'll only take one minute. And if you ever need any questions or need advice, just email me at aj at revenueboost.net. So again, if you ever want to drop me a question, email me at aj at revenueboost.net. I love helping agencies and sharing ideas about how they can grow further. And again, go join our free Facebook community, guys. It's so valuable. We have great trainings in there, great posts, and tons and tons of content that we don't normally share with the public. So go to the Facebook group right now, B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. Drop me a message once you're in there. I love to connect with our community members and check out the video trainings and the free course we have inside. See you there. Now back to the show.
1: And just a quick comment on what you talked about here in the story elements. I really like yeah. that your customer should be the hero because very often I think people take, usually how people use the story elements is that they take themselves as a the hero. 100%. Yep. <laughs>
2: yeah. And... You know, when you when you put anything, any any story out into the world, you want people to be able to relate with that hero because they're in the same boat. Right. They have a problem. They want to overcome it. So they want to you want them to be able to relate and see themselves in that main character, that hero. And once they do, then they can see the hero's journey and they see them, you know, follow a plan and have success and transformation. They go, oh, I can have that, too. I'm in the boat they were in, and I can have that too. As founders, sometimes our founding journey does put us in the role of hero, and that's okay sometimes. But when we're getting on with our storytelling and we have clients and client success under our belt, then really shifting gears and telling their stories from them being in that, that hero seat is like the best way to go about it. Because if you paint yourself as the hero, people can't relate to that. They're like, great. You're just like tooting your own horn. I get it, but cool. Like, and then it it just stops. Like you don't build the connection that way.
0: So when they see you like just higher than them, like, like it does help where it builds authority and status, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't relate to them. And from a sales perspective, like when someone's buying your product or service, they have to like part of their, what goes on in their brain is them assessing whether they have confidence in themselves to have success with your product or service and admit it, right? So when they see yep. that's why, like, you hear influencers and you, when you look at like influencers and their, you know, posts and like different ads and stuff, you'll always hear people saying, like, oh, I used to be just like you and I used to be 20 pounds overweight or whatever it is, right? Like, they're like, I was just a normal person with a small town and now I'm rich or whatever it is, right? So they do that on purpose so that you can feel like, wow, this person did So I can do it too, you know, because that's a huge, they have to have that internal belief that they're going to buy uh, whatever you're selling.
2: Sound- yes, 100%. Awesome. Cool. I'm going to play this little this video example for us and then we'll we'll break it down and chat about it afterwards. So uh, just a fun, very lighthearted example of it all. But uh, let's let's break it down pretty quickly here. Uh, I'll talk through that as an example. And then AJ, I'll probably ask you a few of these questions as well, uh, just in context of your, your own business. All right. So this is a really good example of sort of a brand film or a customer narrative story. So if we take a look, like, who who's the main character, the hero in this story? Um, this one's a little unique in that there are multiple people who play the hero. It's a friend group. And even breaking this down with our client at the time, it was the it, the idea of, like, we wanted to show the diversity, but we wanted these small friend group to represent who makes up their ideal customers. So that's where you can see there's three characters, and they all kind of have different attributes of the pool or the 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 customer base there and the problem here what is it they don't have anything good to drink essentially uh real simple real straightforward they don't want to go out and they don't have anything and they want something so not high stakes we're not talking life or death here but that is a problem right and so then the the third step is like how is the brand portrayed so we've got this character that comes in. She's Margarita Mary. She is a human representation of the brand itself. And she's like, hey, you have a problem. Well, let me show you this answer or let me show you a solution. And so then she introduces the product, which is a canned margarita. Um, if you know Big Star, it's a Chicago-based company. They're really awesome. Their margaritas are really awesome. <laughs> Totally will plug them. But uh, yeah, so they, during the pandemic, actually created a brand version or i um, sorry, a canned version of their signature cocktail that you could get in restaurant, but you can go to the restaurant. So they were bringing it into people's homes. And one of the things that they wanted to get across was like, it's crafted for good times. It tastes just like you get in the restaurant, but you can have it at home now that's Sunny. a new
0: trend I'm seeing uh, uh, yeah. when I was in the US last summer uh, so that's, int- that's interesting but also not surprising that it came from COVID because I saw a bunch of like cocktails in a can when I was in the US uh last summer and like just it seemed to be like everywhere like, like bars and stuff I went to like a nice bar and they served a yeah. cocktail in a can because they were still charging like cocktail prices but it was still good
2: yeah, it's wild how many like cans, <laughs> yeah, beverages and seltzers and things there are now here. But yes. Um, yeah. So then at the end it's like, all right, what's the transformation look like? So our group of friends are now having a good time. They've got something good to drink. They have, you know, that atmosphere from a group hangout at the restaurant, and now they get it at home on their couch. And then the last question is like, what are the stakes if your hero doesn't succeed? So sometimes these stakes are life or death, as we see in many, many movies and stories. And other times they are much lower, but there's still a risk of of failure there that does not feel good and that people don't want. So if they didn't get something good to drink, they were going to have like a bummer night. Like they weren't going to have a good time. They, you know, they didn't have, they didn't have water. They didn't have anything to drink, especially for the guy who was choking on the chips at the beginning. Like yeah, he he might have like continued to choke and maybe they would have ended up in the hospital. I'm
0: just, I'm just kidding. Like that, that's extreme. It, it's uh, catastrophic. When, when, hey, when there's a couple of friends there and there's nothing good to drink, it's catastrophic and everyone's closed. So yeah, exactly. it's, it's, I would say it's definitely like, you know, pretty serious, serious scenario.
2: <laughs> High stakes here. Yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, you can see how it doesn't have to be all that involved. You can keep it really simple and still have something that, that feels compelling to people to watch or read or, or learn about. So, AJ, let's spin through these really quick for you and your brand. If you were to create, you know, a story or a customer type narrative, um, who would your main character be? Who would, What would they look like? They're in the human form.
0: Oh, actually, I'll give an example of a script I was writing recently for a video ad <laughs> cool. I produced uh, TBD. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. we we're going to have it start out where there's a scene where business owner was like 30 year old guy or TB girl, maybe both of them together working on the business, right? Because we have a good almost like half-half mix here with that. But yeah, basically Fair. like the, the premise was the guy sitting in his bedroom. Everything's kind of dark. It's like cluttered desk and he's just typing away his computer, trying different, th- different marketing things, posting up like late at night and it's just, you know, can't get it to work. So basically that like struggling business owner um, was just working late trying to figure things out.
2: Perfect. All right. So you touched on it, but we'll dive even deeper. What, what's their problem? What are they struggling with?
0: Uh, they don't know exactly how to grow their business. You know, they feel like they need to learn some new skills, learn some new strategies, but there's a million options and they don't really have like a, a plan or a roadmap to grow their business. So there's just a lot of things with trial and error.
2: Yeah, great. So they're they're up late, probably not the first time, spinning their wheels, knowing where they want to get, but not how to get there.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Cool. So then how would you like to portray your brands? knowing that you're the guide in this scenario and your services, knowing that that's the, their plan, their way through and forward.
0: Yeah, so um, definitely portray our, if our brand was a person, you would be a very like cheerful, positive, kind of energetic, maybe a bit loud, kind of like me, basically. Perfect. And yeah, actually in this particular video ad, we were gonna have uh, have someone dressed up as a superhero. So he would you know, lightning would strike and he'd pop up and just be that person to like save the day. Kind of like how in that cocktail ad, she had like magical powers. I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's awesome to another. You can get really creative with how you portray your brand and your services. Sometimes you don't even have to. They don't have to be a person. They can just be a thing. I have another, I don't have time to show it, but I have another uh, short piece that's more of a product uh, film, but still customer story. And in that, you you just see the product. It's a, um, it's a backpack, like toddler backpack carrier for going out on hikes. And that is the solution, right? That, that allows, you know, mom and kid to get outside, but it's not personified as a person. It's just, you see the product and you see it in use and it opens that door up to transformation, which is the the next bullet here. How, AJ, would you like to show your hero's transformation? Like, what do they get out of it? What do they look like at the end?
0: Yeah, well, after the uh, superhero saves the day and works for the guy in his business, he's uh, basically on like a giant yacht and boat and has a bunch of friends around, is partying, celebrating, <laughs> has all the, all the wealth.
2: <laughs> very fun, very fun. <laughs> I like it yeah and so then the the last piece is isn't quite uh, a stage of the the hero's journey but and I don't like to go into fear-mongering ever like that's not how I would I would you know what I would advocate for but it's nice to sprinkle in like what the stakes are if they don't succeed because that is a possibility so uh, and that's what we're fighting against right Um, because we want to have folks succeed so for you, what are the, what's at stake if your hero does not succeed, if they, if they don't get on that yacht at the end?
0: For our target customer, if they don't succeed or if they don't figure it out, they don't grow their business, they'll just be kind of stuck at the same place for a while, possibly watching their peers go ahead and maybe doing okay, but not really like be able to reach their dreams or their, their end goal for their business. Worst case scenario, going back to a nine to five job.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Cool. And yeah, so you can sprinkle those throughout, right? Even at the top, if they don't, if they, if they can't figure out a solution, like there's the worst case that's there and sort of plaguing them. Maybe that those stakes are often what push people to take their first steps and their actions. So always really great to have in mind. Okay, so we have a few minutes left. I want to answer questions. What is on your mind? I would love to answer and flesh out anything here. I know it's a lot of information, and again, we could go much further and much more depth, but uh, yeah. What do you got for me?
0: Yeah, um, guys, that's your questions. This is a great opportunity. We have a small group, so everyone can have time to ask a question if they want. And I also like the emphasis about, when we were talking about, so when I was using my video ad as an example, obviously if you're doing a video, you could do something creative or personify the brand, but you don't have to do something far-fetched, right? I, I like how you brought up that could be a simple story, just, you know, following the same structure, but without doing anything too like creative or or out there. Yeah. I would say while people are maybe thinking of questions, if they have any, what I'd be curious of just like, what are some other great, like examples of storytelling you've seen done, any, any instances, anything you've seen brands do really well. And I think also, I think, especially for B2B, I feel like maybe almost maybe B2C brands feel like storytelling is easier. They can be more creative, but maybe some people in B2B feel like it's kind of more logical or more complex and almost like this too, you know? So I think it's a great topic for us.
1: Oh, what are different B2B stories? Yeah, I resonate with the AJ's AJ's question. Yeah, absolutely. I want to think of, I might have to get back to you on
2: examples, like actual examples, but it's one of the reasons why I think the hero's journey is really great for B2B specifically because you have, um, you're speaking to like another entity essentially, but if you can show that entity as a real human character and you can show yourself and your brand as a real human character then you start to break down those walls of oh business to business and you start talking human to human and then it doesn't become all that much of a difference or departure from like b to c because you you're really just bringing people down to their like human level and anytime we talk to another business, we are talking to another human at that business, not talking to like the brand overall. Right. So, yeah, like I love storytelling because it breaks down those like big entity, faithless, nameless barriers and just takes it back to the roots of like, you're a real human, fleshed out, three dimensional. I see that. And so am I. So, like, we can connect on that level. I'll try to get some and maybe I'll throw them in the revenue boost chat, but I'll try to get a couple examples for y'all for B2B specifically.
0: Yeah. Or even just in general, if any if any other uh, examples have come to your mind just across the board, like anything you've seen like from brands recently or anything that really stuck out to you.
2: Yeah. It's so it, it's so interesting because like I work B2B and most of my clients are B2C. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I know that's for a lot of us for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. But I, yeah, like I said, I don't know that there's like a huge departure, you know, when you're talking B2B to B2C when it comes to storytelling. It might seem like there is, but a lot of the same stories will resonate across party lines, so to speak. Yeah, I'm really partial to, uh, and this just comes from my filmmaking work, but I'm very partial to like documentary style pieces that's like. You use the real life words and voices of of you know real life people, so I really like that. Just kind of really really bringing it down to this is a human and this is their experience, and so I I love that. You know just as much as you know the the narrative sort of made up story that I showed you guys as well. Um, both have have really good merits that way. I think that is a big example, but I think Patagonia does a really good job of storytelling, and I know they're B two C, but they do a really good job of of storytelling across lots of different channels in a lot of different ways and they take a various sort of like real life approach to it as well uh, which i think is which is which is neat it's b2c again but they highlight a lot of their own customer stories how their customers you know navigate the world and they often put the uh product and the service sort of behind the scenes or secondary to the story being told which I also, uh, you know, just from my documentary background and whatnot, I I gravitate towards. But I think those are those are cool ways to do it, right? Kind of putting your brand in in the background to so go ahead and, and tell other people's stories first.
1: I know one pretty really good B two B story from. Um, oh, yeah, I think it's uh, exactly like you were saying, Natalie. It also like the story is not like typical, super different B two B story, but it's mm-hmm. new to the more human level. So the story is that Slack, when Slack was uh, designed and also launched, they keep telling a lot of stories of innovative, uh, more agile uh, companies using Slack. So it's almost giving it a tag that if you're an innovative, forward-thinking team and uh, kind of more, want to have a more Slack organizational structure and want to have more communication between your team members, uh, more collaboration then Slack is your go-to tool. Then everyone yeah. aspire to be that kind of company or aspire to have that kind of team go to Slack. Yeah, maybe it's just a myth that B2B
2: and B2C that's all. always growing and building, um, right? And so knowing that you can pull
0: those in, I think, is is good. Those are fun. Yeah, I think you actually cut out for a minute, Madeline, but you're back now. Could you oh. repeat that last part?
2: I was just saying, um, knowing that those stories exist out there and being able to draw on them and, and pull them in into your own marketing is great. Right. That stuff is being generated out in the world and it originated with you and your service and and your product. But, you know, it takes on a life of its own. And if you can, like, come back to that and bring that back under your umbrella and use it for your own marketing, then I think that's a that's a really smart way to go about storytelling. Oh, no, I just saw Leah, your comment of Red Bull is really good with their storytelling, and I agree, yeah.
1: So you could basically build, like, your full marketing strategy around the, the storytelling 5Cs that you just mentioned, like, each of them being one pillar of the strategy, for example, for social media, that would be great, right? Yeah, absolutely.
2: You can do that. I would say that storytelling works really well if you're... Um, I'll kind of just go back to like your basic funnel. It works really well at the top of the funnel. It gets people engaged. It gets people to recognize and recall your brand and know it exists. Um, and then as you move people through the funnel, there's lots of different ways that you can still use storytelling. But as they learn more and more about your your company and your services and products, that's where then you can start bringing in more of the benefits and the features yeah of the product as they learn more and then even case studies and customer stories are can be really great at the bottom of the funnel when you want to get people to convert uh, over so yeah there's all sorts of different kinds of stories that you can use at different stages of like a customer's journey with you for sure Um, high level storytelling that keeps your brand in the background a little bit I think is is really great at the top where they don't know you um, but they You know, once they connect with you, then they will remember you, right?
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um,
1: but speaking of that, uh, do you have any suggestions regarding what type of story works better at top funnel, middle, and the lower bottom of funnel? Yeah, absolutely. So at the top of the funnel,
2: those the a lot of them can work across purpose. I'll, I'll start there. But at the top of the funnel, I think like a brand story or like that creation story of why you exist, what your values are, what you're out to do, those are really great at the top because those are things that people can connect with. They can see their own values reflected in yours and say, oh, I should keep an eye on these guys. And then when they move to sort of middle of the funnel, uh, that is when, like I said, you can bring in a bit more about um, like products and features and the service and and whatnot, right? Because they're where you exist. Now you can start presenting as the guide and bringing in those those plans to the table. So um, stories that revolve again, it can still be a creation story, but this time more specifically focused on your product, on your service. Why does that exist? Why and how does that function? Um Community stories or culture stories also um, go to deepen people's connection with your you with with your brand. Um, they can start seeing you. You know, they, first they know you exist, and then they start seeing you in the middle there as a as more than just an entity, as another maybe human doing things and making impact out in the world. No, oh, right awesome, even better. And then when you get to the bottom of the funnel. I think that's another really good place where customer stories are awesome in case study or testimonial form, anything like that, that really gets to the heart of seeing it from beginning to end, like that customer journey. This is the transformation and this is the impact and the outcome for these folks gets people to go, oh, I can have that, too. Great. Let's work together and gets that conversion happening. Upfront is really about um, getting them to know you exist, but really Getting them to connect with you on some level. Yeah. And
0: relate to you. The question I have um, I know this probably could even more to a whole other workshop of the zone, but more about how you could tell a story that, because I know one thing you've talked about uh, when we were working together last year is how you really focus on stories that drive an action, a specific yep. version, a specific feeling, or like, can you talk more about how, you know, because I think, you know, you could be really good at storytelling, but the stories don't go anywhere or you get a lot of views. Not a lot of conversions, not a lot of qualified leads. So can you talk more about how you kind of tie that into like a marketing goal or something? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So I think one of the most important things is to have your customer journey mapped out piece to piece to piece. Like how do they find you? What do you want them to do next and next and next and next? When you have that mapped out, then you can start slotting in your stories or any of your, your marketing content or sales content into those buckets. A lot of times we think of like an action, a call to action as... We want people to buy, like we want that conversion. But that conversion only happens at the very end, at the, at the bottom of the funnel. But there are actions people take every step along the way. And each of those can be, you know, they, they are actions that people take so they can be called to that action. Another piece that you might see in the hero's journey, if you dive in a bit deeper, is, you know, not only do they meet the guide and they have a plan, but the guide calls them to action and to take a step because people often don't take a step unless they're specifically called to it and, and told to, uh, and invited in. So at the top of the funnel, you know, you might put out a story, and that next step might simply be like, go check out more information on my website, or um, you know, like or comment on this uh, post or share it. Those are things at that top of the funnel that aren't conversion worthy right but they are the next step the minute someone engages with you they are on your radar right like that activity is there that action is there then in the middle um, if you say at the top ask them to go to the website to check out more then they're on your website then they're looking at products they're looking at services and you your next call can be like yeah book a call with me so we can dig in even deeper together we can meet each other and then you know you get on the call or what have you at the bottom of the funnel, maybe with customer stories and whatnot. And you're like, you can be this person to, you know, book, book a service with me. Right. So each step, each, each bit is like the call to the next oftentimes. Um, yeah. And I'm a big proponent of making that call and being as clear as possible, no matter what it is, just simply because they probably won't take a step unless they are called to do something. Um yeah, did yeah. that answer your
0: question, AJ? That answer for me, yeah. How about you, Ida? uh That was really awesome, really, really amazing explanation. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. yeah. I was super busy typing down part of things you are saying. Same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. As well, you know, because it's like I think this is a great topic because we all. uh I, spe- I think especially it's a really great part of the reason I wanted to do this workshop and and have you come in and share this because I think it's so relevant for everyone at Revenue Boost because. Most people here, you know, like marketers have the worst uh, example of cobbler with no shoes, right? We do all this magic for our client and then it's like our own business, we don't even have a website, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> so
0: so through Revit it was obviously everyone here is like committed to taking that step to like doing their own marketing, building their own brand. So I think it's just a great timely for everyone in their journey here that now they're learning around like how do you tell your own brand story, right?
2: And I know that Kelsey does a lot of work with uh, mapping out customer journey. So that's that's a really big key component, I think, because once you know how they move through their process with you, that in itself becomes a story, right? Like that's their adventure. That's their journey story with you. And you can keep capitalizing on that story by telling your own or by telling theirs, you know, and yeah, story can be like a one off and it can be encompassing of like. The whole, the whole thing, the whole journey, right? So it can look a lot of different ways, which is which is kind of fun. It makes it very malleable as a, as a you know, an art form Fair.
0: I think um, I'll, I'll just leave a last call for anyone who has any, has any questions. I know we're pretty much out of time. So if you guys have any other yeah. questions, just drop them in the chat.
1: Yeah, I've been wondering for quite a while uh, about two maybe same narrative, but two slightly different ones about uh, problem solving or like a pain solving narrative as yeah. well or the potential or how to say unachieved potential narrative one of the narratives is that someone is feeling a lot of pain like what AJ described you're like laid up at night and they're trying to juggle everything and working 12 or 14 hours uh, and you do have a really pressing pain and I think it's really strong to maybe like make someone commit to an action but on the other hand there's also another narrative that a little bit like Nike, and uh, you know what uh a lot of uh yeah the most popular outdoor brand. But like a lot of more inspi- inspiring brand they can help your story you have achieved potential. it's not that you are not enough now but you have you could go even better
0: and i yeah. under
1: the narratives uh what are the pros and cons when yeah, yeah. I think they're both totally valid
2: and they serve different purposes too so you could have both you know utilize both of those stories within within your brand i think the the main difference is they speak to different audiences or they speak to folks that are problem unaware and speak to folks that are problem aware and those are two different people out in your your ecosystem right so uh and these are very top of funnel sort of things when you're when you're talking Problem unaware versus problem aware, and this is both are meant to like sort of reel you into the brand ecosystem and get get to know the brand better. But when it takes a more of a, a positive spin or a positive, um, you can do it. Uh, Nike just do it campaigns and stuff. It really speaks to people who might be problem unaware. They don't know that they maybe need a new pair of shoes, and so the it's the it's the emotional connection that's that's being forged there. It's saying. Hey, look at this cool pair of shoes that this person is wearing and look at the cool stuff that they're doing because they just happen to be wearing these shoes. And it makes people in the audience go, oh, maybe I want those shoes. Like, I want to do cool stuff or like, I already do cool stuff. So like, maybe this can help me do even cooler things. And so they don't necessarily have a problem. You're tapping into their their emotions, that maybe their their want of something. They don't even know they might want in that moment until they see your your commercial or read your piece. Whereas the other one is tapping into your audience that is problem aware already. It's saying, Hey, I see you. I see you have a problem. Let me explain this to you in a way that makes you feel seen and understood. And then that builds that emotional connection and that bond because you're like, oh, wow, someone sees me, someone gets me and then can, you know, both bring them bring you into their ecosystem and keep you going through the customer journey. But they they target two different audiences, I would say.
0: Could you touch real quick just on like uh, how how identity comes into place? So like like when I'm hearing you explain like that ad example where. You know they're trying to show that like you know oh you're you're this type of person like how people express themselves through your products and services right yeah what well, what would you have to say about how identity ties into storytelling and like what happens in the brain kind of there
2: oh absolutely so like identity is huge in order for you let's say as a consumer to see yourself you know in a brand story or buying a brand's things or wanting a brand's things um that they have on offer you have to see yourself in that story you have to say like nike for example like you. You see the runners running across the bridge. It's like, you can do it, right? They're they're pumping you up to do it too. But in order for you to be, for that to be resonant with you, you already have to be a type of person who, you know, believes in themselves to a certain extent. Maybe you're already active on on some level and this is going to take you to the next level. And so obviously pieces like that are, are, are kind of spread wide, right? Nike has a lot of budget. They can put ads out to, to anybody and everybody and they're going to catch certain people um that resonate more with it but yeah when you are speaking to people you want to speak towards their identity which is why that hero character is so important you want them to reflect who your audience who your potential you know ideal customer is because you want them to be able to see themselves in your story and and relate to that and say oh that's me. Or that could be me. Or I want that too. So yeah, it really plays on people's identity. Uh, but that's what brings it down back to like that human level, right? And it mm. makes it actually accessible to folks.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a really, really great explanation. And I think the identity stuff is powerful. I mean, to me, like, identity is, like guess, pretty much if you can market to people's identity, it's as powerful as it gets. Because that's like the reason why two people Completely, could argue for days on days about politics or whatever. One of them could be like completely wrong, but they like when someone you know when someone's really convinced about a belief, they don't they don't hear anything else, right? Yeah, That's because their identity is kind of threatened when they're like talking about their values and beliefs.
2: And that's why if you're you're you know speaking to someone's identity, that's why oftentimes your product or service, its features, like it doesn't even matter at first, right? Like you could be selling anything, but if you aren't tapped into who their identity is and really speaking to that, like you're never going to really be on their radar. They're not going to resonate with that, which is why it's nice to like go after that connection first and then wrap in your service products, features, what have you down the line. Cause that's what's going to, that's what's going to have people like, those are the facts. That's how they're going to justify the connection they felt with you initially.
0: Cool. Well, as long as it has any other questions, I know we're over time anyway, but uh, this was a really awesome workshop. I got a, I got a ton of notes. I'll share the recording (laughs) for everyone who could make it today in Slack and also the notes in Slack, but yeah, this was really great. Like, I I really enjoyed the whole uh, whole presentation. So thanks thanks so much for doing this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll just splash this up here. But if you have more questions, super yeah. open to continuing to talk. So have questions, want more help, work one-on-one. Like, you can shoot me an email at com, And I'm also on LinkedIn and in the Revenue Boost chat our Slack. So just uh, hit me up. I'm around. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. W- Thank w- you w- so w-
2: much, w- Madeline. W- Everything was so easy to follow. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, again, I could nerd out about this a lot. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it's uh, made sense. <laughs> I was also so much passionate in it. Well, you know, like I said, I, I'm in, I mean, storytelling is the kind of a line in my life. So <laughs> I think I'd have to be passionate about this <laughs> to keep doing it.
0: You started as an actor too. What, like, how, how long ago?
2: I started doing theater and acting on stage when I was like eight. So wow. I I auditioned. I sang "Happy Birthday" to be a Munchkin in *The Wizard of Oz* when I was eight. <laughs> <It
0: did>? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you auditioned or you were in the movie?
2: It was a play, just the stage.
0: Just it was a play. Okay, community
2: theater stage version. Nothing.
0: Yeah, I gotcha. So that was how it all. That was how it began. That's how the passion started.
2: Yeah. Oh, did you get the role? I was a Munchkin. Yes, at eight years <laughs> old in *The Wizard of Oz*, and it kicked everything else off. <laughs> I do still perform. I do more on camera work now, but since I had my my daughter in the pandemic, that's definitely uh, decreased itself a little bit. But right. uh, yeah, still still part of my life in some ways.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, yeah, you guys can message Madeline in the Redmond Boost Slack, and then also yeah, email okay. Madeline at Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And tell us what you think. It really motivates us a lot to make more episodes and helps us out a ton with getting the show out there. Now, if you're trying to grow and get more clients and you like me and my team to help you come up with a personalized growth strategy for your agency, we can help. Head over to revenueboost.net slash contact and you can book a growth call with my team. This will be a one-on-one call where we'll show you what's working right now when it comes to generating leads, booking calls and acquiring clients at scale. And you can learn about our program's where we can work with you to help your agency scale and get you more dream clients. Again, head over to revenueboost.net slash contact and see you on the next episode.